Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Jason Bray, CIO at McAllister Regional Health Center. In this segment, Bray talks about his plans to improve integration by migrating to Meditech's web-based platform, what he believes are the biggest challenges of being in a rural environment, and the many hats he must wear as CIO. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at improvada.com. So I think the best place to start is getting some basic information about McAllister Regional Health Center, um, what you have in terms of hospital beds, um, some of the uh, ambulatory offerings, and where you're located, things like that. Okay, so um, McAllister Regional Health Center is a 171-bed uh, hospital in southeast Oklahoma. We're actually the largest hospital in southeast Oklahoma. We have, I think, 11 clinics, about three urgent cares, and a diagnostic imaging center, actually two. And we are currently managing another hospital that went bankrupt about three months ago and uh, called Atoka in Atoka, Oklahoma, and they are a critical access hospital. Um, I've been here for about 20 months now in this role as CIO, and uh, I came from Methodist Dallas. Okay. Now, in terms of, of the area, southeast Oklahoma, what's the nearest uh, city to you? There's a lot of close cities, but as far as metropolitan areas? Yeah. Uh, Tulsa, and that is about an hour and 30 minutes away. All right. Are you affiliated with any hospitals or health systems at this point? No, ma'am. We are uh, independent, and we are city trust. Okay. Now, in terms of the EHR environment, what do you have in place uh, in the hospital? We have Meditech 567. Okay. And... Um, we are moving to Meditech 6.16. Okay. What's the approximate timeline for that? Um, next 18 months. Okay. So you're pretty early in that process? Very early. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now as far as 616, is that, that include a web-based platform? It is. It's their web-based, uh, fully integrated, ambulatory, inpatient, everything. Okay. So then as far as that decision, it was not having to, to switch uh, providers or vendors, but just uh, getting uh, as you, a more uh, integrated product? That, and uh, we get rid of NextGen in our clinics. Okay. It also gives us an opportunity to offer to smaller hospitals like Atoka the mm -hmm. full functionality of 6.16. Okay. And with the TOCA, is that that's something that, that McAllister hadn't, had not done before as far as managing right. another hospital? Correct. Um, it's just something that has popped on our radar here of late, yeah. mainly because there is an alarming number of rural hospitals that are going bankrupt right. and or just closing the doors. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is not be the big bad wolf uh, come in and, and acquire these folks, but we're coming in with a, a independent management style that allows them to keep their local flavor, but 
where there's duplicating responsibilities, use that as scale together versus having two of the same thing at two hospitals. Right. Okay. And what type of system had they been on? They're on CPSI. Okay. And is the plan for them to uh, migrate to Meditech? It would be. Right. Okay. Now, as far as the move to 6.16, obviously, you said still early on, but where are you right now in that process? Um, We are finalizing the contract uh, Mm. to be signed. Okay. So that's why it's really early. (laughs) Right, right. Okay. So then you'll, uh, next step is to really, is is to get into, to the planning of, of, and and just mapping out that timeline. Yep. Yep. All pre- Pre-implementation planning is where we are. Right. Okay. Now, um, what type of like clinical leaders do you have in place? Do you have a CMIO or some kind of equivalent? Uh, we have a CMO. Okay. But really, the closest thing to a CMIO I have is um, is the uh, director of hospitalist program. He's on my IS steering committee, and uh, we meet about once a month. Okay. What's kind of your, your plan when it comes to just making sure that, that the phys- physicians' preferences are, are uh, taken into account as much as, as possible when it comes to things like, uh, you know, workflow design? Right. So we are forming a, a physician advisory committee okay. that will allow me to pick their brains and involve them in the, the build process. Right. And we'll do the best that we can, but, you know, to your point, it really is about standardization, not customization for each individual uh, physician. So sure. this group will be vital to the success with physicians. Right. Okay. Now, in terms of uh, being in a rural health environment, what would you say really are, are some of the biggest challenges? Like, do, do you deal with connectivity issues, or where do you think that that uh, poses the biggest uh, obstacles? Money, uh, yeah. patients. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, probably just uh, getting people to to stay here. Yeah. I think they associate hospitals in Tulsa and Oklahoma City because they're bigger, they're better, and that's not the case. We offer a wide variety of uh, specialty care here where they live, and they need to give us a try. Right. I guess it's one of those things where people just do tend to gravitate toward the cities, but it's a matter of just getting them to see that, you know, the work environment could be something different. Yeah. What about, like, in terms of uh, of connectivity and being able to reach patients? Is that something that you guys deal with? Well, you know, some do. We don't. We've got a good infrastructure, you know, as far as technology uh, with AT&T's help. There are parts of Oklahoma, like in Duncan, where, you know, they don't have Tier 1 level uh, telecommunication capabilities. So, you know, there's other means uh, of handling that, but that's something that we don't have to struggle with. Right. Okay. Are you doing any types of uh, telemedicine work at this point? We are. Um, so telemedicine is one of those fun things that people like to talk about. And yeah. practicality is better now than it ever has been. Right. Um, getting that across to folks to where they use it is, is 
a different item. So, for example, we do telestroke, and okay. that is very successful. Back to St. John in Tulsa to a, a neurosurgeon, and we do that via video, monitor, so on and so forth. We also do storm forward uh, with images, so we do EKG telemedicine, echo telemedicine. We do primary care student telemedicine in our elementary schools here in McAllister. So if a kid comes into the office sick, um, the nurse can pull up one of our docs and you know say, hey, it's just give them some Tylenol, they're good, with the parent uh, on the call. Uh, so the parent can also hear if they need to go pick them up and take them to you know, the urgent center or their pediatrician or whatever. It just gives them that first level of care diagnosis. And so right. let's see. We also do um, behavioral telemedicine. Um, we just built a new Jerry Psych unit, and we do uh, telemedicine in there as well. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting what you said about the practicality of it now, especially when you are talking about things like uh, behavioral health, that there's such a shortage of uh, providers. And so that, yeah, that there's a real uh, a strong case for it there. There is. And, you know, there's nothing that has been more heavily used in telemedicine than behavioral health. You know, we were doing that at OSU Medical Center when I was their CIO back in 2007. Okay. And then do you have plans to expand telehealth to, to different areas as far as like chronic care, things like that? We do. We are looking at several different areas, including uh, virtual telemedicine where you, you dial up a doc on an app versus going to an urgent center or something like that. And you pay a flat $47, I believe. We're also looking at uh, EICU. Uh, where we have intensivist uh, shortage, and uh, by having telemedicine in the ICU, uh, we can have intensivists um, look in on them from time to time. Right. Oh, also mobile telemedicine, so where we can take a big bus out to different areas maybe that can't support a stationary telemedicine program, but... Right they could, a, a traveling telemedicine program. Okay. All right, so a lot going on there. And are, are there any other um, projects that are taking up your time right now? I mean, I'm sure there are, but anything well, that kind of sticks out? <laughs> so we just finished up a network upgrade and refresh, frankly, for okay. all of our network and our wireless network. And now we're looking at refreshing our cable where we can do interactive uh, patient systems within the patient room so they can watch a movie, fill out a survey, order their food, um, be educated on certain things, uh, stuff of that nature. But our, our wiring is so in dire need of being replaced that we have to look at that first. Then, you know, a lot of security things going on, uh, upgrading that infrastructure, um, trying to stay on top of all of these um, breaches. Right. You know, that's one of the things in, in smaller rural America is that if you 
do have the luxury of having a CIO, typically that CIO is also the security officer. <laughs> right. So that joy gets to fall upon me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's it's not my favorite thing for sure, but you know it's it's you know again one of those services that we we also try and help others with as well. Right. I, I can imagine that's challenging though, because you know as as you pointed out to that that's a whole separate role for a lot of organizations. So, how are you able to do that? Like, do you kind of have uh, uh, people that you um, maybe rely on to to help with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not easy. But even that is only part of what I do. Um, you know, I've also been over uh, food services, the gift shop, uh, the foundation, the residency program, diagnostic imaging. So, you know, just like any executive, if you have a lot of responsibility, you you give as much as you can when you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really you're just putting out fires. <laughs> right, right. And that, that kind of goes back to uh, what you were talking about with the challenges of rural health and how it's it's hard to recruit or hold on to good people. And what's the organization doing to address that, whether it's uh, offering education or what types of things do you do or plan to do? Um, so I, I'm allotted, I, I want to say, about two conferences a year, um, and really that's about all I have time for. Right. Um, and usually that ends up being a, uh, a hymns chime, the combined conference. Right. Uh, I go to that, and then I typically go to a, a security conference and just right. focus on that because the security aspect does mm-hmm. take up a lot of time. Oh, yeah, sure. And it's, with everything changing so fast and, and the new the threats always changing, it, that, that, that's a scary world. It is a very scary world. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.